coming up on this week's show, we talk to B.A. Tortuga and Julia Talbot about their long history in gay romance. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 218 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Will from willcanals.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello, everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by a remarkable community on Patreon. We'll have more information at the end of the show on how you can join them, along with a sneak peek of what we've got coming up for you next week. So, did you hear that thing that happened right before you started talking? The thing. The thing. What What did I hear? What? We have a brand new announcer on the show. Oh, the thing. Yeah, the thing. <laughs> I kind of threw him back on it. The thing. <laughs> uh, we want to welcome Kurt Graves to the show as our brand new announcer. Uh, we decided it was time to spiff things up a little bit. We loved having Derek McLean be the voice of the show for a little over the past year. And thank Kurt for coming in and recording a new introduction. You'll actually hear uh, him again at the end of the show as we roll ourselves out. I have to say, as we were working with Kurt and we got the, the final voice files from him, as I was listening to the outro of the show, I have to say I got a little goosebumpy and stuff because the way that he says certain things at the end of the show make me think of Bennett Boys, in particular Kelly and Carter from TJ Clune's Green Creek stories and so you know the fact that that is a little bit in the show just makes me all excited thank you kurt for stepping in and helping us out yeah very much appreciated so we're going to do another one of our essentially deep dive shows as you know we did several long form interviews while we were at grl we had the impreg panel a couple weeks ago we talked about romantic suspense just last week and this week we are sitting down with ba tortuga and julia talbot B.A. and Julia are wives, they are authors, they are former publishers, they are all-around creatives, and it was, I think, a long-overdue talk for us to sit down and get their story, and we sat down one afternoon towards the end of the GRL day. This interview was really kind of magical for me to get the story of people who have been in this business so long that they were initially distributing stories on CD-ROM. So that tells you how long ago this was. There are probably people listening right now that's like, what's a CD-ROM? What are you talking about, Jeff? No doubt, right? Because, you know, that's pre-Kindle. It's almost pre-internet in some ways. <laughs> now we are used to ordering books. And so they have been in this for a long time. And, and to me... They're some of the foundation of what the genre has become now, you know, in 2019. And just the way that they are with each other. They're so loving. They, they're they almost a romance novel in themselves with how they met and how they got together and how they decided to, you know, take up this life partnership and this creative partnership when we were done, I came back upstairs to the hotel room because Will did not get to sit in with that interview. And I just had to hug him because I was around all this love for like the the hour and something that we got to talk. Now, we talked to an awful lot of authors for this show, but when we have the opportunity to actually sit across from them during an interview, it's very special. And I think even if you haven't 
Red B.A. or Julia, I think you're going to want to stick around and listen to this interview because it's uh, very special. It's a beautiful interview. I hope everybody enjoys it. And here are B.A. and Julia. So I'm very excited to be sitting across the table at Gay Romlet in Albuquerque with B.A. Tortuga and Julia Talbot. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking us. It was just totally cool. We were like... <laughs> Uh, oh, look at us. We get to play. It was. It was like, dude, we made it. Well, Will and I were talking. It's like, why haven't we had them on the podcast before? Right. Because rightfully, yesterday in the reading you guys uh, were participating in, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, Amy referred to you guys as gay romance OG. And it's like, you guys <laughs> totally are that because you've been writing in this genre forever. Uh, for and I even know what that means now. OG. That's true. You d you did do some it googling just, and had to ask. Me. <laughs> you know, does, well, you know, or... somebody said that to me, and I went, "What does? Is that good?" She did. It's She's very like, good. It's and good. David, yeah. David no. Swade was like, yeah, "That's totally good." And you know, we're never sure if he's messing with us or if it's true. So, <laughs> so we, we googled like, it. We looked it up, and we're like, "Original gangsta." What is what is? We are totally gangsta. It just means old guard. Totally. That's right. Yeah. And we're totally. Right totally. We're right there. Now, oh, sorry. for those who don't know your OGness. Please introduce yourselves and give us some context on the career that you've had in this genre. You want to go first? No, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Well, I've been, well, I'm B.A. Tortuga, and I've been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> true OG. Uh, true OG. True yes. OG. To, to quote my mother, you must have gone to school with Jesus. But we started Torquay Press in 2003. Mm -hmm when nobody was publishing gay romance. In fact, Dolores Cave, because you know, oh we, my God. we wrote first, right? And then we were like, okay, we're gonna publish this. We look, and we look, and we look. And Dolores Cave had this banner, right? And it said, no. It said, it said they would take male, female, male threesomes, but the boys, boys couldn't touch. Could not touch. There will be no boy touching. No boy touching. Girls were fine. Boys, no. And so we, so, okay, she was living in uh, Colorado. I was in Texas. Mm -hmm. And this conversation, we had it on IRC. Do you remember IRC? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's literally like three lines long. I said, well, we could do that. And mm -hmm. she said, well, we could. And I said, okay. And she said, then we will. And that's it. I mean, we, I, you know, she spent $200. I got a business license. And I that, started the bank account. And that and was the it. post office box. And I mean, and we started this business so that we could publish our books and our friends' books. And it just mm -hmm. sort of snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And then we did it for what? How long? 12 years? A long time. 12 and, years, I think. And we decided, you know, we don't, I mean, we weren't business people who became we writers. We never really wanted to be publishers. We wanted to be writers who were crap business people. And we, you know, we wanted to write. And so we, we sold off and, and we retired and, and well, well, as publishers. Yeah. And then we I was going to say, we didn't retire. We work our butts off. Right. But uh, it's way, it's way it's, harder to publish our books. And it's been, a bl we've had a good time. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, everything has changed and grown, and Gosh. it's just been crazy. It's crazy. You know, you figure when we started, everything kind of started from fan fiction, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like, anyway. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm not talking about gay lit, which has been, I mean, and, you know, you have to give respect for that. And, for, you know, but lots and lots of the, the especially the female, male-male romance writers, 
you know, came to us. Started from back with Kirk fiction. and Spock and, right? you know, <laughs> X-Files. Zines and, you know, pre-internet yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, and now it, it is its own genre. And it, 450 and, people at this conference, right? And now the people, the readers that are coming are romance readers. Mm-hmm. They're not coming from slash fiction. They're coming from the romance. You know, so they're coming from this side. And it's just, I mean. It's kind of a glorious thing. Yeah, it's yeah. wicked cool. So neat. That's your turn. Well, you know, I started at the same time <laughs> that she did in 2003. As far as as far as publishing, I mean, I had had some some stuff published, short stories published in the more traditional gay star pulp. press. Do you remember Starbucks? Star Starbucks star press. press. My first was in Starbucks. Yeah, right. In an anthology. Yeah. Ours was. Our, I had cl- like Cleus and Circlet. Mm-hmm. And, and they used to change your pseudonym, remember? They did, because I've always been a Julia, and they used to change my name to either Jay Talbot or Jules Talbot, because they said that the readers in Starbucks wanted male oh, sure. authors. They didn't want to know that women were writing gay stuff, which, you know, whatever sells books, right? But it's been, it's been very nice to see, while there are still pods of that weirdness going on, to see the, the diversity now. I mean, you know, it's, it's been really interesting just in the last couple of years to see ace fiction mm-hmm. and trans fiction and, you know, some of these other things that people just didn't even want to touch. Well, specifically romance. Because I think right. fiction has always sure, been... Romance. Sure, but, yeah. but yeah. So, but I mean, I've, I've always been a writer, and I've been in book the book industry for... Well, since I graduated from high school, I was working at a library. Back in the Stone Age. In the Stone Age. Yeah, I used to work for Ingram's Book Distributors, you know, I used to, I worked for libraries, but, you know, writing, that's the best job on earth. And so I've been doing that almost full time since 2003. How did you two meet that led to the IRC message? I get to tell this story. You do, because it's your best friend. It's my story. Well, my best friend, Shawn Michael, introduced us. And it was just really very, very random. But the cool thing is she was writing this, well, her very first book, the Thatcher, mm-hmm. and they're the Thatcher Brothers series. And I read it and I went, sparkle. And so I fell in love with her writing before mm-hmm. I ever, ever met her, you know. And I sent her a little gift because, you know, I just, I was in love. I mean, I mean, I read her book and I went, this is it. This is my girl. And so, and then it just determinedly, <laughs> and I, yeah. I went and I got you, didn't I? Yeah. It took me about three years mm-hmm. to convince her. And then, well, we got, well, we've been together for 16 years and we got married five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was she, I read her stuff and I went, this is my girl. Oh my God. <laughs> this is I my love that. girl. And I knew, oh, it was probably a couple months after we met, we're on IRC, and Sean Michael had convinced us to write a story <laughs> together, all three of us. And we're writing this story where there's an established couple, and there's the pizza delivery guy, you know, and he comes in. It was just supposed to be this pornalicious, you know, plot what plot. You had me a pornalicious with pizza right. delivery yeah. guy. Well, and the delivery guy shows up, and I got our guys on page are acting perfectly normal, but I'm going... And finally, I, I open an IRC window just with her, and I'm like, they're going to eat him. They're going to eat him. They're werewolves, and they're going to eat him. And she him. was like, yes, oh, my God, don't tell Sean. And I was like, okay, I won't tell him. But it was absolutely the truth. We were like on this, and I knew then. I'm like, we're on the same page. You know, no one we're else. If I had said story. that to anyone else, they would have gone, you're crazy. But we were totally writing the same story. And we've been sort of <laughs> writing, writing the, the same, same story, story ever since. So, you know. <laughs> 
It's such an incredible story that a, a story brought you to her. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all of the love grew out of it. You built a company out of it. Right. I did. And an ongoing creative partnership that's endured 16 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing the math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you see any of that happening? Or is it because that it started with a story that you kind of could see the creativity that was going to come out of it? I don't think we, I mean, she, when she tells this, the story of her pseudonym, it, it tells you that we had no idea that this was going to become what it became. Right. I mean, I think we thought we were always going to be able to write stories together and stuff, but I don't think, like, we would have never said we were both going to quit our day jobs and we were both going to be able to, to you know, make our living when she moved this, to Texas, she says to me, I'm not the constant companion type, honey. I'm going to, to live in another town. It's okay. She buys a condo next town over. Mm -hmm. You spent what six weeks there, maybe tops. No, maybe six months. But no, yeah. but I mean, even like, but you have to count the days we weren't together. Well, that's what I mean, because I lived like the I was at the condo, quote unquote, for like a year. Right. Before we actually, I moved in. With and then her. we got dogs. And then we got dogs together. And it was over. Which right? is a whole other story that we don't have time for. <laughs> but um, that was also faded. You know, she was just like, uh, wait, I, we were we're driving by. I'll tell you just really quick puppies side of the road puppy mill kind of situation and I said do you want to stop and she was like no being a mile down the road she's like turn around <laughs> and we went home with two puppies and you know she's like no wait those there are puppies and they had there. names before we ever left yeah but yeah and then you know all of us I mean we haven't been separated for more than when daddy had his stroke mm -hmm. we had to I had to fly home and it was two and a half days, and that's the longest we've been apart in. Because of said dogs, I right. couldn't leave the dog. You know, that was after we moved up here. And, yeah, uh, and we haven't been. I mean, mm -hmm. we spend every waking hour together, and well, all the sleeping hours too. <laughs> all of the hours. People think we're crazy. They're like, you work together, you live together, you. And we're like, yeah. Yeah. It is really the best. Yeah, yeah it, really it really is. is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got my whole world just right here. So. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go back further okay. in time. Mm -hmm. How did you start writing? Like, what was the impetus to write stories? I have, I have never wanted to be anything else. Mm -hmm. I got my very first publication cred in 1976, and I was five. Was and five. I have been writing wow. since. I've never, no one has ever heard me say I ever wanted to be anything else. It's all I've ever wanted to do. And that's all I've, mm -hmm. I mean, I was an artist for a little while, but really that's, that's what I do is I write stuff. Mm -hmm. I make, I, I make shit up for a living. <laughs> Tell stories. <laughs> Tell stories. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, what was the, the five-year-old writing credit? You know, the, the magazine Cricket, have you ever heard oh, of yeah. it? Oh, okay. yeah. It was a poem in the, in the magazine Cricket. That's awesome. You're right. Do you and, still have it? No, no, oh. I've had a, I had a house fire. Oh, no. And so, no. And but, a tornado. And a tornado. <laughs> Rednecks. When, Texas, okay, yeah. so I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> we had only knew each other online. <laughs> and I'm telling her, this, and, this is this, and this happened, and this happened, and she's going, you are a liar. You are not a good... <laughs> like, you, there is you, no way that that much crap could happen to one single family in... A three-month period. I mean, there's no way. There is no stinking way. Right. She meets my family, and she goes, oh, my God. I'm surprised you're not all dead. I mean, honest to God. <laughs> that, you know, because 
you know, my family, military brat, four of us, we moved around, we were the core group. She's got nine brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, her her dad was married three times, twice my to her brother. My been married so you many know. times that she can't get married again. Yeah, because they won't let her change her social security card anymore. Listening, so Shh, I, I apologize for, for telling stories on you. <laughs> my father won't be listening, so it's okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> We, we need to get your writing origin um, story, too. Well, you know, I always, always, my parents were both storytellers. Neither one of them were particularly, I won't say literate, but neither one of them were particularly writerly. You know, they were bullshitters. Yeah. Sit around the campfire, tell stories. Tell the same stories to the family over and over again, no matter how many times you hear them. And the kids sit around and go, tell it again, you know. And so I think I just come by it naturally. But I wrote my grandma a letter when I was seven because my mom made me write my letter, my grandma a letter every week, whether I wanted to or not, this pre-internet where you could just write an email. And yes, dear grandma. And I decided that maybe the world, we, it would be a great place if we could power the world with popcorn. Okay, sure. You know, solar no, power, popcorn, the, the energy of the popping of the popcorn would, and my mom was like, dude, that's awesome. You should write, start writing stories, and I did. Now, my first publication wasn't until I was 15, my first pub credit, and that was in a literary magazine. But, you know, <laughs> that was where it started. Popcorn. popcorn. So jumping forward again from mm -hmm. cricket and popcorn. <laughs> Crickets and popcorn. <laughs> what brought you to writing gay romance? Oh, fan fiction for me. No, I mean, now, my fan fiction career was... This long. Teeny, yeah. Yours was shorter. But mine, you know, I had was living in Colorado and I'd had a, a girlfriend who left me. <laughs> it was very sad. My mom passed away. Very sad. And so I filled my time. A friend of mine introduced me to Buffy, I think it was, fan fiction. Spike and Xander, you know. And I would sit for hours and read. And I would think, man, this is crap. <laughs> Some of this, I mean, some of it was really good. And some of it was really crappy. And I was like, I can do better than this. And I, and and I did, and I was like, no, I mean, I'd, years ago I'd read Anne Rice's, oh, Anne Rocolari stories where there was a lot of male-male goings-on, <laughs> right? I and I those. And I was like, you can do that. And Poppy Bright, same way, Poppy Z. Bright, I was a big fan of hers and everything, but, but it never occurred to me that I could write that stuff until fan fiction. And then I wrote fan fiction for like a year, and I was like, yeah, but you know, I want complete creative control over these characters. I want to know that I can... I don't have to stick to any kind of canon and that nobody's going to complain if I veer off the beaten track. So I'm just going to go write my own stuff and whether anybody reads it or not. And lo and behold, I did, you know, so. And it was where, good. Yeah, yeah, well, some of it. I don't, God, when you look at some of those early books, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think all authors do that. Right, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so, but, you know. Cheesy, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yep. and I get my turn? Of course. Well, my degree is in erotic literature. And so, and I'm going to back up a little bit. When, where I grew up, I grew up in Greenville, Texas, and I knew all sorts of gay men, tons. I dated lots of them, but nobody, nobody ever told me they were lesbians. It never came up. We just all sort of assumed that that's what girls did, right? We were experimenting. And, and so, you know, I knew all these gay men, and I had all these gay friends, but you, there weren't lesbians. Right. And then... I got married very, very young to a man, and so that wasn't a thing. And then when I figured out I was a lesbian and my mother-in-law figured out I was a lesbian, I had a child. And she was a lawyer, and she said, you toe the line or 
I will take that baby from you. So line was towed, towing line. But, and so I was sort of like, you know, I would sneak the lesbian fiction, but gay fiction was fine because it didn't upset the, the, the Anybody, ex, right. right? Nobody was mad. That was cool. And, and I write all around. And it just happened to that my branding and I hit with the gay fiction because I have lesbian fiction and trans fiction and, and she writes horror really good horror. and you know yeah. had you know I don't care I'll write anything just give me a piece of paper I'll write it but <laughs> but that's how and it was really because I was I was when you gave me the questions I was like okay how did I start and that's it I mean I knew all sorts of gay men I and I know that it sounds incredibly stupid when you say it I didn't know that there were gay women no one told me Mm-hmm. But, and you're, you're in Texas. Right. right. And in teeny tiny town Texas. And I mean, what year in must that 80s? have been? In the 80s? Yeah, in the yeah. 80s, yeah. You know, and, and I'm not sure, I mean, I, I'm not sure why. Right. But everybody just assumed, I think, that, that experimenting is what was, girls did, and that was okay. But eventually you were going to get married. But eventually you're going to get married and have yeah. babies, because mm-hmm. that's what one did, and that's what I did, you know, so... I know that's like a crazy answer, but it's the no, truth. No, <laughs> I mean, it's like you said, it's the yeah. truth. So as, as you got together and made a publishing company, which I have to say, especially in like 2003, right. when there we was... We had no idea what we were doing. It was I so, mean, e-books were baby. Exactly. E-books yeah. were baby. I don't think the... Was the Kindle out in oh, no, 2003? No. Yeah, we were still no, like a good PDFs five years away. And uh, you, we, we burned CDs and oh mailed them to people. Yep. Honest to God, that's what we did. And, and so you weren't doing it with the technological easiness of today. I mean, there's still a lot right. of work. Let's not mistaken that there's still a lot of work. But that was a whole different you Stone hand, Age, practically. You hand-coded line by line. That was mm-hmm. my job. She did all the money stuff. And I and she hand-coded stuff line by line. And did a lot of the covers line. to begin with because she had done graphic arts for a while. That was yeah. uh, one of her degrees was graphic arts. And so she did that. And, you know, she was working on Photoshop before it was called Photoshop. Yeah. You know, and so. <laughs> but to, to make a publishing company in mm-hmm. that time, rather than just trying to put your own books out, you're taking on the overhead of bringing your friends on too. Mm-hmm. Right. And how, how did all that... F- build itself up because it sounds like the, the amount of work it sounds like that takes almost exhausts me just to hear it a little bit i was a lot younger then we were i was gonna say we were a lot younger then we were all working like three jobs but you know all of the one thing about it was that all of us including our friends sean michael for example uh jody Payne was around then believe it or not in 2005 she came on board chris owen we were all english majors at, yeah. at some point in our lives whether it was master's degrees or um, so the editing was built in there for, to begin with, and they nobody got paid. They got right. paid in books, yes. right? You know, yes. um, we had a couple of artist friends who came on board right away and did covers for us and everything for free until we. So all we had to do is pay for this because nobody thought this was actually going to happen. No, right? This was the you know this was us being dorks and you know <laughs> it, it, humor humor the, the the crazies and then this will go away. Right, like her best friend from high school who'd never read a gay book in her whole life was came on as a proofreader. Because she has this really analytical, she's an analyst, you know, yeah. and so she has this really like analytical mind. She would give her, we would give her a list of things to look for, and that's what she looked for, you know. And so that was, it, you know. And then, bless her heart, she didn't stop working for us until like two years before we closed. You yeah. know, she was just like, 
I think the idea of reading one more book for anybody makes me want to cry. I'm going to quit now. And we were like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's so sad. That well, but by she then didn't we want to read putting, any more books. <laughs> right. Because, you know, by then we'd started out putting out five books a year or whatever it was. I think the first year we probably put out 15 books or something like that. And then we were putting out 15 books a week there for a little while. Yeah. And she just, you know, she was hysterical. I don't blame her. No. I don't know how, you know. <laughs> how many books do you have now in your overall lists between us probably 300 mm-hmm. probably That's i have amazing you still have 160 to read yeah i still have 160 you know to we're just going out. through a phase yeah. where we're having to, we're republishing a lot of our stuff as self-published books and so yeah. we know that's a, that's a great question for us right now because you know i know with that with with the books that i'm having to republish i had like 30 uh, from that catalog, and that's over and above the and 50 that's not or all something that I novels. Know. You know, that's yeah. novellas. Yeah. Novellas. It doesn't include short stories, but you know, the shorter works are in there. Yeah, yeah. it's an amazing uh-huh. backlist of right and body of work. <laughs> yes. What's it like to be a creative household? Like two creatives living and working together. Well, we don't ever. Li- I mean, especially in now in the. The internet age, we hardly ever leave the house. I mean, yeah. it's kind of. But I mean, it's, everything know. we do, though, we make, we make things, and that's all we do. I mean, you know, what are your hobbies? Well, we knit, we quilt, we cook. I mean, everything we do, right, yeah, is sculpt. And then we have, you know, we both have a couple little side businesses. We do. I do Etsy, so I do antiques and vintage stuff, you know, on, on Etsy. She does covers for people occasionally, or she creates books, or she makes weird <laughs> art dolls, vampire yeah. teeth on little baby dolls, you know, with the, the crazy zombie eyes and stuff, yeah. you know, that oh, that sort of thing. And, I don't need to see those yeah. ever. Okay. That's, or, that's you know, nightmare material. Picture books, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, and but we, we just, just do it. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine not doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we tell each other stories, and we... I do. Or what if? We, you wouldn't believe it. In fact, it hangs on our the wall in our office, the letters. We have wooden cutout letters painted in rainbow paint that says, what if? What it if? spells out, what if? And that's, I mean, 90% of the conversations in our house start either, what if, or, hey, what if there was this... Well, there again is the what if. What if there was this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and he did blah. And he had a lover who did blah. But we also say, well, you know, what if we put vampire teeth on the baby doll and gave her a little bit of werewolf hair on her chin. What would that yeah. look like? You know, what if so we break this and stick it to this other thing and then we can make this thing? My mom says I wasn't a why baby. I was a what if. Mama, what if the what if there's a murderer outside and what if he opens the door and what if he has an axe and what if that axe is slippery and what if it falls and it hits him in the foot and then he has to limp and and he leaves bloody footprints. And he leaves bloody footprints all over the house and then you have to mop again and then you would be mad. Spoiler that hasn't changed since she <laughs> it hasn't she hasn't changed it. no she hasn't changed a bit she'll hear a noise outside and i'm like well she's like what was that i'm like it was a coyote we have an easement behind our house great big easement we have coyotes we have deer we have yeah. we have skunks which you can at least tell when there's a skunk but she'll say what was that i'm like it was a coyote she's like no what if it was a rabid two-legged you it know moss covered credenza and i'm going okay this is fine. the woman she says to me we're we're sitting there it's dark we're sitting there and she she's like was that ice cream was that an ice cream truck 
It you was know, an ice cream truck. Said, she goes, you could run out and see. You get me ice cream. And I looked at her and I said, in what universe? <laughs> in what universe is ice cream truck music at night a good idea? There's not a dimension wherein ice cream music at night does not mean acid pouring out of the window or big scary clown or, I'm, you know, alien whoop, in the tentacles and it's bad. Axe murderer. Axe murderer, you know. anything. <laughs> I went, I went to the clown. Yeah. Right. Personally. Right. You went there. <laughs> scary clown. But I'm like, what? Who says this? Who says this? Could you run out there and see if that big scary ice cream truck music is okay? <laughs> sure, baby. No problem. Now, this is just because when where she comes from, if there's an ice cream truck, it's a, it's a drug it's dealer. It's a drug dealer. Okay. In Austin, yeah. if there's an ice and they run away from you. The kids run out with their money, and the guy goes, <laughs> you know, because peddling. he doesn't want the kids to see the drug, the meth lab sure. in the truck. Yeah. Know? So I tell her, in New Mexico, that's not the case. It's just some poor guy, and they're, you know, running a... She lies. Gurdy <laughs> or something, she you know? Lies. It's just some poor schmuck trying to sell ice cream, but I don't know. It's scary clown. You started collaborating from a writing standpoint also very early with mm-hmm. that Shawn Michaels story that you yes. three worked on. Mm-hmm. How's the, the, that part of collaboration between the two of you, creating stories and then writing the books and... There's never a story that, that you know, somebody hasn't, you know, to, to be, you know, pun intended, that their, their finger hasn't had in the pie. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, when we first started Tor Gray, there was only so much so many authors to pull from, right? And so we all sort of wrote together and sometimes yeah. we would pick a pseudonym and it would be, for instance, Lauren Rodman was me and Sean Michael writing together. That was our pseudonym yeah. together because Lorna, that's, you know, and Sean and, and her and Rodman is based off of a last name in her family and that sort of thing. And so, but at one point, somebody accused of us all of being the same person and we're like, well... We kind of are. I mean, we're not. It's not like we weren't going to acknowledge that. We all co-wrote together, and there's. And she's right. There's really not a BA or Julia story that doesn't have yeah. at least some. You know, she'll if if nothing else, she'll read it and say, "God damn it, Julia, put somebody's out. eye out." You know, or do something. And I'll, or but there are times when you know I'm on deadline. You you come in here and write this character for me while I write this one, and that way we can get this book turned in. I mean, yeah. it happens. Or, well, you and know. all stories start, right, with this, what if, blah, 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 blah. And then we have to, to fight it out. Well, whose book is it, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Is I, it going to be a Julia book or, or a BA, BA book, book? Or a Minerva book? Or a, you right. Know. And then, so we're kind of going, uh, you know, so we, we can kind of go, hey, but, but, but I want it. In fact, that has even been known to happen when she started something, and I finally said, you know, I, I need it. Can I have it? Well, and I'll tell her. You know, I started a book, I don't know, it was about a year ago now, and I got 30,000 words into it. Not kidding. And I said, this is not a Julia book. This is because I was trying to make it this weird BDSM thing, and it ended up being a cowboy magical realism book. And, you know, the BDSM went out the window. Yeah, I I totally changed it. It was totally not meant to be my book. Yeah. And I wrote those thirty words so thirty thousand words solo, but I handed it off to her and said, Here, you make it a you BA fix book. it. And she fixed it and made it a BA book and finished it. And it's coming out in the spring, I think. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. That's amazing. It, my brain goes off to maybe a weird comparison, but like Lennon and McCartney. Right. They wrote all those songs. Sometimes they don't even know who wrote what anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of your stuff, I mean, it blends together and right. it, we're all the, we're all kind of the same. You know, writing that we like to pretend that it's super, super solo, but it's not. I mean, we, we're, we, we all, we're, we're collaborators in in a really deep sort of way, aren't we? I mean, 
you know, you can't you can't write in a vacuum. I mean, in a in a weird sort of way, we're like the biggest collaborators because we're doing. I mean, we're pulling from all everything. Of, from everything, and we're sucking it all in, right? And so we're we're collaborating with the damn universe. So collaborating together, I mean, that's. I mean, that's, there's nothing easier. Right. right? That's small scale. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you think about it. You know. And you still, you both co-write with others, too. Mm-hmm. How does that, how's that perhaps different from the way you two do it together? Well, it's, it's totally different. Because especially when you, like, I co-write with Jody Payne quite a bit. And she has a character and I have a character. Now, we don't, we don't do chapter by chapter I'm going to try that. I don't know how it's going to work. Not with right, but, not with uh, Jody, with, but, but you, you have a Kieran process. Kieran and Kelly and I are going to try that, but we do kind of. It's it's conversational. She'll type, you know, she'll type a, a bit, and then she'll tell me, okay, you go, and then we'll trade it back and forth. And there are lots of problems with it because, since it is a conversation, kind of literally. You tend to you tend to white room a little bit. You have to go back in afterwards and add you know the little things because in your head, right? You're you're literally having this. And occasionally conversation. you have to go back and fix those POV slips because yes. yeah. since both of you, like with with when when she and I write, we both you know she picks a character, I pick a character that we both identify with the most and the couple. But at the same time, I'm allowed to write dialogue for her character yeah. and vice versa. And with I know with Jody that Jody tends to not do that you know she wants to write the so the pov can slip occasionally yeah, if it's we, tight third person you mm-hmm. have to go and fiddle you have to go fix it yeah. you know yeah with you i just go god yeah. damn it and we <laughs> yeah it's a little more immediate <laughs> she can just throw something at <laughs> right. you from across the couch and go would you please pay attention so we have to talk a little bit about the book you debuted here at grl <laughs> so let's just have you tell the story of what happened when you ended up with this reading slot all of a sudden at GRL? Well, we have to go back a little bit further. Uh, Kieran and Kelly and Julia and I were in Coastal Magic a couple years ago, and we were fucking around, as one does, and we were going, oh, what if this, and what if that? And we were like, what if we did an ABC book? And I went, yes, A is for asshole. And it just went, bloom, 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 bloom. <laughs> But you know, as it as it happens with, with your life, you get busy. We never had to, we never had time or the urgency to make well, right, the project you know, a reality. I mean, we yeah. were like, oh, we'll work on it. We'll work yeah. on it. No problem. Whatever. And then we when they told us, because we had it's been years since we did GRL and things have changed very much since the last time they did it. And they told us that we had to sign up for a slot. You could either do a reading, or a Q and A session or one of those storyteller things. And so we missed the, the storyteller deadline, <laughs> went right by us, you know. And when they opened the Q&A slots and the reading slots, we were all out of the house for, from, you know, all of us for the change, out of the house doing things. And Reese Dante texts me and says, are you gonna sign up for something? Slots are going fast. Well, by the time we all got in there to sign up for a slot, all that was left is readings, because nobody wants to do that, right? Like, everybody's intimidated to stand up in front of people and read their own work. And so it was me and Jody Payne and Kiernan who got the same slot, and we were like, well, what if we had B.A. crash the party and we did the, we did the ABCs of gay romance? It would be kind of epic, I think, if we could get it done in time. Yeah, and so Lorna, or Julia, I'm never going to get that right. doesn't uh, matter. Everybody knows Everybody who knows. I am, so. Uh, 
you wrote mm -hmm. the the poem, and then I did the meter and you know made sure everything fit and added in swole because swollen it just doesn't rhyme very well. Right. And and then Kiernan corrected me on some of them. You know, <laughs> she yeah, chose they, different and, things. I mean, it, because she had to do something she could illustrate. She illustrated the book, and she was like. Yeah, I don't know and if I know, can illustrate gets, that. She should so get all do. the credit. Because, I mean, it's the illustration. Creatively, it is, it mean, is Kiernan's book, you know, and she she just gave us all credit for, you know, being alive. <laughs> being alive. and But it's but, it's her. And we saw the first, we saw the asshole, and we went, oh, this is hilarious. Right. <laughs> this, this is This good. might actually work. <laughs> this is another one of our stupid ideas. <laughs> that might actually work. <laughs> You never know. You had the room cracking up yesterday. Yes. A hundred percent. And I mean, you, you turned a reading into story time because <laughs> Kiernan was reading it. Julia and Jody were walking around the room showing the pictures. I was just sitting there being an asshole, were, but that's were, okay. You were doing it on Facebook Live. Not the So, not the you know, the entire one. world out there can watch it now, not just the people here at GRL, but, you know, the you had to be here to get it firsthand. So. Now it's up on Amazon, and we'll certainly have the link to it in the show notes so okay. that people can find it because it is hidden because it's filed under adult material or sure. however right. they. Oh my gosh, gay romance! First of all, and well, second, and there is okay. Yeah, yeah, no, there is. There's some. It qualifies adult. as an adult. You right. do not want a child to get a hold of it for right. story time. I'm not going to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? No. What if the child gets hold of it for story time? Yeah. <laughs> what if somebody bad. takes that to, you know, for show and tell? Bad, no, bad, bad, Ooh. bad. Bad yeah. touching, bad. So this came together pretty quick, because if I remember right, the signups were happening, like, mid midsummer. Oh, yeah. And he, you're here in October uh, with a completed book. When was she at the house? In September. In it was September. early September. And, and we sat down and did the lion's share of the work then, and then... And then she did the she did the illustrations, you know, after she got home and had her computer so she could clean everything up and everything. And then yeah. she, but I mean, we just got the the proofs. Oh, I don't know. We got the books in two weeks ago, so we must yeah. have just got the proof like two weeks before that, you know. So it was yeah, it came together pretty fast. Just amazing, and it's so <laughs> adorable. I'm leaving here with one autographed before the weekend <laughs> is out. You both have pin names. Yes. Beyond how I introduced you. Tell us about your pin names and what you write under those so people can go find the entire catalog. Well, I write under Anne Key. I write YYA under Anne Key. And it's bizarre because I'm not a, a YA writer. I mean, I, I wasn't going to do it. I had no interest in it. And then my son, who is trans, said, I need, there's nothing for me. I need books. Well, um, Mama will do it, to, to do, to do. And so now I have a, a YA book out, a trans YA romance out. I have um, a, a number of lesbian uh, YA books out. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, because I think everybody ought to be able to tell that, you know, ha you look at themselves, you know, look at a we book, see, yeah, right? Absolutely. And see themselves and go, We always say representation yeah. is important. And yeah. that is, Especially I mean, at that age, yeah. right? You know. You know, you, or you could end up like me and not know that there were lesbians. Or just, for example, Jody Payne's son right now, we're wanting, wanting books with male, yes, YA books yes. with male characters 
not female heroines, because right now the female heroine is very in, in sure. all YA, right? And so she was he like... He wants scary books. Yeah, he wants horror books. And so now she's going to write a YA horror book with... Yes. Because, you know, you know, I can't let him not With a male, a book. you know, that's not a Goosebumps story. Mm-hmm. You know, not that Goosebumps, there's anything wrong with it. I oh, mean, anything God, that no. gets your kid to read 500 books. Yeah. You Good. know, I used to say that about Harry Potter when I worked right. at the bookstore. People would be like, I don't want my child reading that trashy, those trashy books. I'm like, they're a thousand page books. Anything that gets your kid to read a thousand page book, rejoice. You yeah. know, just sit yeah. there and go, oh, you know, but yeah. So that's you get to plug Minerva now. Right. I write as my Julia stuff is, is sort of like the more traditional tropey gay romance. And then as Minerva Howe. I write a little kinkier, more BDSM-y, spanky, daddy, kink sort of, you know, stuff. Like, for instance, I have a male-male-female historical femdom as Minerva, which, you know, say that three times fast. No, thank you. And people sort of go, huh. But it's (laughs) set in the Georgian period, so it's not even like a historical period everybody knows a lot about, you know. But I kind of use Minerva for my stuff that I don't know if it's really going to take off or not, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And then I've had several other pseudonyms over the year was as co-writers, but as, and right now none of those books are out there, I don't think. I don't like think the Lauren so. Rodman books, I don't think they've yeah. been republished right now. And then once upon a time, we, we did, we were Rob mm-hmm. Knight. We were Rob Knight. There yeah. was a, a pseudonym called Rob Knight, and we wrote suspense, romantic suspense, yes. mostly. Yes, yeah. Rob Knight, yeah. Are those books floating around? You're fixing to do uh, Touching Evil. Touching Evil. Mm-hmm. is going to be re-released soon. Oh, yeah, cool. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple, but most of them say... Now they'll just they'll say B H R T Julia Taylor yeah because yeah. yeah. it just oh. seemed easier to stop, not confuse people yeah. and maybe to reduce the overhead of so many pen names because right. there's an overhead to exactly. having that for exactly. sure there is. Like, you know twenty years ago there wasn't yeah. as much because you know there was no Facebook no Facebook no social no no, no it wasn't a thing no. so with hundreds of books out mm-hmm. what keeps your creative well going so that you keep having the new ideas and the, and the things that excite you to go write the next story? I'm going to say music a lot. A lot of my stuff is, mm-hmm. you know, I'll hear a song and go, oh, what if, blah, right? I mean, you know, I'll hear a song. Or so look at me and say, there's a story there. Yeah, there's, like, there's a story the novel there. right there. I mean, right there. All I have to do is translate that into, into two guys and reality and their reality yeah right yeah for me it's it's really music music is my thing because i can't write like if if my vampire playlist is on i can't write something else that you know i am totally yes but if your angry cowboys playlist is on you're not writing vampires either so i have to tell you that somebody gets really really frustrated about the 27,000th time I have played playlist number four that has, you know, 20 songs and she's going, either finish writing the goddamn book or I'm going to choke you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> typing faster, 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 la, I la, have la. to hear that Tori Amos song one, one more, more time. time. Yeah. Can, can you tie a specific book to a song to give us a couple of examples? Oh, goodness, sure. Whiskey, Whiskey to Wine. wine. <laughs> Whiskey to Wine is a Garth Brooks song and... If, I mean, the story is about former lovers, one of them, who, a blind sculptor, and what's that thing? with the, Not the skiing, snowboarding, a snowboarding <laughs> professional. Has nothing to do with the song, nothing. Except that when I heard the song, that was the story, right? That was it. I got them both, boom. Uh, two of a Kind Working on Full House, which is another Garth Brooks song. Uh, it's in it, like I said, again, 
you know, this is a song about, you know, a guy and his wife, and they're fixing to have babies, and the story is about a rodeo cowboy and a ranch cowboy who inherited five children and how they worked that out. They, they don't have to correlate in anywhere but in my bizarre mm-hmm. little brain. Living and Fast Forward is another one. Living that, and yeah. Fast Forward. Uh, you know, there's tons. I mean, I tend to use, because, you know, you can't copyright a title. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I tend to use a lot. I have I have plans for, you know, a whole series that are based on Alan Jackson songs. And it, like I said, it, they don't correlate mm-hmm. except for in my brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And but but that's the that's that spark of inspiration. Right. That just right. Happens. That's all that it requires. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what that one right there. And what about your creative will? I get well, I get I draw from all over the place, but I get a lot of stuff from traveling. You know, I will come home from a trip that we take to Colorado. Colorado is where my mom was is from, was from. And so I go up there as much as I can. You yeah. know, I'll go up to the mountains and just hang out. And I come I come home with, well, what if there was this wolf shifter that's been released on a, you know, on a Ute reservation. Right. <laughs> Well, or on Grand Mesa, you know, they're doing repopulation of wolves, and one of them happens to be a shifter, and he's hiding out. You know, what is the what? What, what about that? No moose or, shifters. No, I did a moose shifter actually for a Christmas story once. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks thought he was a reindeer. He was like the ugly duckling, and he went to live with Santa. <laughs> you know, and he wasn't a reindeer when he got to be full grown. They were like, my God, he's a moose. And so he's actually the postal delivery guy for Santa up at the North Pole. <laughs> and then there was an elf that he hooks up with, you know. Because, you know, that's yeah. as one does. <laughs> Indeed, well, yes. That particular publisher encourages that sort of sure, nonsense, right. you know. So, it, which is great. I love, I love Margaret, the lady that runs the company. It's Changeling Press. And she... She's like, write me this craziest Christmas story you can think of. And I'm like, a moose shifter. When, when I was in my early 30s, uh, my mom passed away, and she had told me, go. You go and you do. Pardon me. And so I went to Italy, and I went to England, and I went, and man, went I wrote. Texas. I did. I went to Texas. But, you know, <laughs> I, 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 was, I grew up in Las Cruces, New Mexico, you know, 45 minutes from El Paso, but I'd only ever been to El Paso in Texas. So, you know, I'm going to Dallas and I'm going to Austin. I'm seeing, we're seeing all sorts of stuff together. So to me, that's, you know, and then like for the cowboy stories that I write, which I do write a few, uh, rodeos. I go to a lot yeah. of rodeos. We go to my, a lot of rodeos. My grandpa was a rodeo cowboy. I had a cousin who was on the rodeo team at NMSU and you know when he was in college and so rodeos I go to a lot of rodeos and you watch the cowboys and you go okay we could I could rub that one and that one together you know and say that works you know I love that but that's traveling too we went to Cheyenne to go to the frontier days you know we want to go to Calgary and go to the stampede Mm -hmm. and uh, which is also interesting because you know there's a lot more gay guys in the in the rodeo life than you would think yeah you know Yeah. yeah And uh, so that's also very interesting to see the juxtaposition between them being whether they're allowed to be gay or not, and whether they're in the closet and the traveling traveling partners, partners. yeah, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So that's a lot of inspiration mm-hmm. for me too. Yeah. You, there's a lot of cowboys in your work, yes. and I think we've just heard some of the why because there's all those you're going to the rodeos and going to those events. What are some of your other favorite character types, and and paired with that, some of your favorite tropes that you like to play with often? My favorite trope of all time is former lovers. I just second chance is the best. Yes, mm, I, can, I would eat that. I eat that up. 
Um, I like enemies to lovers, but and you like friends to lovers. I love friends like to lovers. Best friends but to lovers. Second yeah. chance. That's my jam. You know, we we have this huge, terrible backstory, and we're going to be forever after. I mean, I love that. I have to say that if they're not cowboys, they're rednecks. I mean, I write <laughs> westerners. You know, I grew up on a ranch. My daddy's a cowboy. I, if I try to write somebody that's not a cowboy, they still say y'all, and there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, that, you know, because that's my whole mm-hmm. self. I don't know anything else. And so I write that. that and and it, it's kind of strange because people will go, well, do you read a lot of cowboys? And I'm like, I read some cowboys, but I, you know how you know what you know? Mm-hmm. That's the cowboys I That's know. That's the cowboys And to you know. me, you know how... You and know, a Texas cowboy and a Colorado cowboy not and the a same South Dakota thing. cowboy are not the same right. They're not the same critter. <laughs> we're at the rodeo in Austin <laughs> yes. one year. And we're in, and unlike normally, we're sitting at the roping end. There's a roping end. In and a, a rough stock And the rough end. stock end where the bull riding happens and the bronc riding happens. The roping end has got different kinds They're of shoots. roping. And, well, yeah. Shut up. Anyway, so we're sitting in the box seats right there, and we're watching the Cowboys get ready to do their event. And this guy comes over. He's carrying his gear. He hangs over the fence, and he starts doing yoga. I mean, like not just not stretching, but like foot behind the head, right? Like real, you know, real life downward dog, downward dog. All these. I mean, all of us. We're si- the and fans all the are all staring at him, and the Cowboys that are also around the gate, who obviously don't know him, are going. And, so, and every, every is staring, and all, the announcer's going, do, 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 do. And finally he says, and now Cowboy Joe from so-and-so California. And the entire crowd goes, oh. oh. He's from California. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. It's all right. Okay. You know, so Texas, uh, California, not, you know, I mean. So, you know, that's, it's interesting because she just, I mean, I can read, because my dad, my grandpa obviously was California, was from Colorado, right? So. I can read a, a wider variety of cowboys, for instance, than sure. she can. And she, but she, if something is just not right, she starts going. That's not Mike's. Yeah. I mean, not that it's not right, but that it's not Mike's right. experience. That's more fair. And that is fair because people, you know, do the same thing. About other books. people have other experiences right. than me. I know. Damn it. Did you write the yoga cowboy into a yes. book yet? Yes. Thank goodness, because <laughs> somebody needed to write that <laughs> happening there. We totally did. We totally did. I tend to like the, because I read a lot of paranormals. Yes. So I tend to like the alpha male stuff. I love Faded Maids. I love it. I love it. And it's not just because it's easy to write, because sometimes it's not. You know, trying to come up with something new for the Faded Maids trope is tough. Everybody's like, oh, that's just lazy, because you like that they just immediately to get together. And I'm like, no, I actually like it when they fight it. And they go, I don't believe in Faded Maids, you know. And then they, there's the push and pull and the tug. And the, that's, that's my favorite when it comes to that. I'm going to suspect the answer to this is no, but I could be wrong. Just <laughs> given how long you've written and all the books, is there a trope or a character type that you wanted to write that you're like, I don't know how to write this yet? I haven't written a murder mystery yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Have I? Like a real live murder mystery that's no. not paranormal? No. Yeah. And cozy, cozy mystery. Cozy mysteries. Yeah. I want desperately desperately to write the time-traveling chic, you know, who, like, kidnaps the British guy and takes him off to his harem. And, and, but nobody wants it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, right now, and I, don't, I understand politically right now, it's a very difficult thing for a publisher to like imagine selling, mm -hmm. you know, and people are worried about being skewered on social media for, you know, getting anything that might smack of misrepresentation or, and which totally, you know, I absolutely get that. And I'm not sure, entirely sure I can handle it without you know, even being tongue in cheek without mm -hmm. insulting somebody. So mm -hmm. I think I that think probably, you know, right. Eh? It might even be, yeah. yeah. So I think maybe that's what I won't touch, but man, I want to do it. I want to be like, it doesn't have to even be time traveling, but it would be fun. So this is going to come out first part of December. What are releases that have maybe just happened or are coming up that folks should be looking for? I actually have a Christmas novel that's going to come out in early December and it's called One More Yule Log, and it's about a baker who, is, he says, if I get an order for one more freaking Yule Log, and this little girl comes in and says, I want you to teach me how to make a Yule Log for my daddy. Oh, not just make one, yeah. not just make one for me, but teach but me. me. Teach me. You do baking classes, teach me. And he's going, it's the Christmas season, I'm not doing any classes. And, you know, he kind of falls in love with her, and then he falls in love with her dad, who is a real estate agent and who is who really just wants to be a house husband. You know, he doesn't want to be, a, you know. A mogul. He misses being at home and taking care of his daughter, and, you know, it's... It's, and so for me, it's a, you know kind of a departure because it's a contemporary, and it's just and a it's sweet, sweet, a sweet, sweet Christmas story with two dad, two guys, and a kid, you know. And so, I'm really looking forward to that one. Awesome. Yeah. And I will have uh, Midnight Rodeo, eleven out. Uh, it's called Brownie Sway, and it's the Midnight Rodeo series is a paranormal rodeo. You have demon bulls, werewolf, bullfighters. The whole shebang. Cheater Dra shifter. Cheater shifters. Dragons, you know. Dragon barrel racers. And this one is, it's a unicorn and a brownie. <laughs> As in like brownie. It's, no, no. Well, As no, in like no. a Scottish. You know a how brown, you know, brownie cleans your house. Yeah. You know, the brownies oh, okay. who yeah. who are helpful. The, you know, the shoemaker's elves are sort of the same right, kind of exactly. story. They, come, they okay. show up overnight and they clean your house. And then in January... I believe I will have the last in the uh, Spirit Quest trilogy, and it's a, a set of shifters that is up from where uh, Lorna's people are from in um, Colorado, mm -hmm. and sort uh, of an alternate reality sort of thing. It's one of those things where they can slip into a, another dimension. Yeah. And we started it's out the with werewolves, and we have werebears, and this is a were kitty and a were raven because I get bored, <laughs> and I go. Okay, well, what if this? And what if that? And okay. So, yeah, those will be my two. Cool. Awesome. Things <laughs> to look forward to. And yes. I need to sign up for your newsletter in case you write that story. I, I to, I'm going to so. dedicate it to you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, how can people keep up with you guys online? Well, actually, my, my, the best place to keep up with me is on Facebook and on my Facebook group. My, my website right now is woefully out of date. Uh, although you can link to my Facebook and all that from my website, which is www.juliatalbot.com. And, uh, and it does have neat stuff. It has our newsletter sign up on it. It has all that stuff right. so that you can. But Facebook is right now where I and And Twitter is where I'm most active. And you can find those links off of my, my website. So. And I'm at beatortuga.com because who else is going to have that website but me? And then I have BA's Cowboys. And that's my Facebook group. And we have a ball, you know, cowboy butts of every shape and size <laughs> a yeah. whole gallery of cowboy butts a whole, a whole, it, she does she has a whole gallery of yes. cowboy butts. <laughs> she also does her arcs there you do yeah your, i do my arcs there um, i do you do a free story right now you're giving away a free story in chapters 
Oh yes, yeah, I am. Oh cool. Um, yeah, that's that's relatively new. I'm on chapter three, and it's just for them. You know, just to say thank you for supporting me and loving me and hanging out when I freak out and go, oh my god, what am I going to do? Which happens. I'll go, okay, here's this thing. I don't know what to do. Someone help me. <laughs> Anything from a story idea to okay, I just finished chemo and my hair is coming back in and it's curly and I don't know how to brush it. And someone said, use a wide coat, wide tooth comb, honey. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yes. Yeah. They're very like, good to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You so, don't have that problem with the white tooth comb thing. Well, no. No. Because I just... It works right. for you. Thank you. We will link to all those things in the show notes page so people can go find them and all the thank books you. that we talked about and everything. B.A. and Julia, thank you so much. This has been such a delightful conversation. <laughs> We've well, had a ball. You thank you for having so us. Much. Yes. It's been, a, it's been a blast. I'm super excited. This week's interview transcript is brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read the author interview for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com. And thanks again to B.A. and Julia for taking some time out of their GRL to sit down with me and give me their story. Uh, I have to say, I really love the concept that they have of the what if for how they create their stories and come up with their plots and come up with the stuff that they craft with each other. It's, it was just awesome. And I want to give thanks too to Charlie David and border to border entertainment for providing us the video feed. If you're watching on YouTube, I hadn't initially planned to video this interview, but seeing how BA and Julia just interact with each other, I really wanted some video and Charlie was kind enough to uh, give us the video that his crew shot for that interview. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Now, coming up next week in episode 219, author A.E. Rykart gets us into the Christmas spirit. She's going to be talking about some of her new holiday short stories. It was really a delightful interview, and I have to thank A.E. for hooking us up with a mince pie recipe because we had those this week, and they were so very good. <laughs> Definitely in the holiday spirit. So remember, guys, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, including the exclusive show Big Gay Fiction After Dark, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.